I asked you, well, I kind of alluded to, how was your week? But I want to get a little more serious. I want to ask, how, how's your soul today? How is it inside? How is your soul today? Because a lot of times when you say, how was your week? People automatically judge whether things went good for them or bad for them. If they went good for them, they said their week was good, right? But if things went bad for them, that even though there are storms in life, and they come and they sometimes they just come one after another and we might feel a little beat up, we can still answer that question, how is it in your soul, right? Now we started a new series last week. I'm calling the series A Journey of Joy. If anyone should be down, anyone should be discouraged, depressed, overwhelmed with their circumstances, it was going to be this guy named Paul. Paul is in prison for being good, okay? He's in prison for, for doing good things, preaching the gospel, teaching other people, and he is chained between two Roman soldiers. Think about going to the restroom. Think about showering. Think about changing your clothes. Think about anything about privacy of any kind of matter. This guy, if anyone should be discouraged and depressed, it should be this guy. Now, we can relate to him, can't we? Now, we may not have it as rough as him, but sometimes we can go down a rough road, right? Have you ever been down a rough patch of road in your life? Yeah, you have. We can relate to them. Sometimes you run out of month before you run out of money. Been there, done that, right? How about uh, chronic sickness? Hostile work environment? That's a bumpy road, boy, isn't it? How about a backbiting family? I know all of your families are perfect. None of them uh, are, I mean, they should be enshrined somewhere because there's no backbiting in your family. <laughs> right. How about uh, unmet goals? Disloyal friends? Crushed hopes? Crushed dreams? Crushed desires? See, we can relate to Paul. Even though Paul's having a rough time, you know what it's like to go through a rough patch of road, don't you? Now, Paul, though, knew this joy, this deep-down confidence. Like the song said, it is okay in here. It is well with his soul. Because if you're good in here, it, you, you kind of are okay up here, right? You're kind of messed up in your soul, you're going to be messed up in your head. That, that's just the way it is. Now, last week we discovered that joy is not connected to our circumstances, is it? That it's different than happiness. Happiness depends on your circumstances. Remember, it depends on hap. Happiness may happen and happiness may not happen because it all depends on circumstances if they come together or not. Do you know, catch this, do you know you can be an unhappy, you can be unhappy but still be filled with joy? It's like, can, can that be right? Yeah, I can walk outside and see that I have a flat tire. That circumstance can make me unhappy, but I can still have joy. Are you with me on that? Uh, I can be unhappy to work under a mean, selfish boss. That's more than a flat tire, right? But I can still have joy inside my heart. I can still be at peace because joy isn't about our circumstances. Now, I don't know, I, I, I raised three daughters, and uh, one of them is back there, and you'll know that we watched Pollyanna, didn't we? How many of you remember Pollyanna? 
you know, she just said, think happy thoughts and everything's going to be okay. Everything isn't always okay, is it? And so it would be wrong of me to say Paul thought every, he was happy all the time. He could be unhappy and yet still filled with joy. Nothing, not even unhappy circumstances or events should be able to steal your joy. Because happiness comes from this world. It comes from our flesh. It comes from, from the physical. But remember what we said last week? Joy comes from where? Supernatural. It comes from above. It comes from the Holy Spirit. What is the fruit of the Spirit? Love. What's the second word? Joy. Joy comes from the Holy Spirit. So, uh, Heather, throw, throw the first slide up, if you don't mind. Happiness, then, is a temporary response to a circumstance. But joy, joy is a deep, abiding confidence built on your relationship with who? God. Because if you're okay this way, you're going to be okay this way. That's just the way it works. If we're okay this way, we're okay inside, aren't we? Yes, we are. Now, so the amount of joy, catch this, there's like a corollary here. The amount of joy in your life is driven not by your circumstances, but how's your walk with God? How's your closeness with God? In fact, Heather, throw the next slide up there if you don't mind. It's your closeness, your intimacy with the Father to Jesus that determines your level of joy. You got lots of Jesus? You know what you're going to have? Lots of joy. You got a little bit of Jesus? You know what you're going to have? You're going to have a rocky road. You're going to be up and down, tossed to and fro by the waves of this world because this place isn't perfect. Last slide, I think, for now, Heather. This is what we just said from last week. Joy then comes from God doesn't come from your circumstances. It doesn't come from your 401k. It doesn't come from your body. It doesn't come from how smart you are. It doesn't come from any of that kind of stuff. That's just stuff. It comes from God through the Word, through Jesus, by the Holy Spirit. And you said, rock on, right? Joy comes from God. He's the source of it. Oh, now, we're going to pick it up where we left off. So grab your Bibles, turn to Philippians chapter 1. Go eat popcorn. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. That's how I remember it. Just go eat. I love popcorn, so I go eat popcorn. Galatians. So I find Galatians, find Ephesians. You can find Philippians. Turn to Philippians chapter 1. Let me get there myself. Now, in order to really get the most out of this passage, I've actually printed it in your bulletin. Because he wasn't a very good grammar student. Paul had one huge run-on sentence. It starts at three and ends in eight. Some of your translations will break it into four separate phrases or sentences in the original language. It goes from three to eight, all one long sentence. But let's begin it. He says, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you, all making my prayer with joy. Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, 
And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you all, because I hold you in my heart, for you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness how I yearn for you with the affection of Christ Jesus. We're going to just stop right there. Paul, believe it or not, in this one huge run-on sentence is telling us how or why you can be joyful in spite of your circumstances. Now here's the very first fill-in-the-blank You can see right at the top, we'll go back to that verse 3. I thank my God and all my remembrance of you. Fill in the blank, memories that are joyful. Memories that are joyful. Now Paul, as we covered last week, he could have remembered Lydia down by the riverside when he first came to to Philippi. And he can't find a synagogue, so he goes and he meets this woman, Lydia, and she becomes a believer in Christ. And then she's like, come live with me. Have your whole entourage. Come live with me. And they all remember the, the, the time the little girl kept chasing him, saying, hey, that guy's from God. Listen to him. And Paul gets so frustrated, he rebukes the demon that's in the child. The demon leaves. The, he gets hauled off into court. Really not a court. It's a mob. He gets beaten. He gets thrown into jail. He's in his stocks in the middle of the night. It's midnight. And what is he doing? Remember from last week? He's singing praises to God. And an earthquake comes. The jail busts open. The jailer runs in. He's going to commit suicide because he's responsible for all those prisoners. And Paul says, wait, bring in the lights. We're all here. And then the man says, what must I do to be saved? I want to know about this salvation. All those are good memories that when he says, I thank my God and my remembrance of you, those are the events that come to his mind. Are you with me on that? He's thinking about all those things that happened, fond memories, even when it was rough. How many of you like to remember the good old days? Any of you? How many of you like music from the 50s? Come on, fess up. Man, them were the good old days, right? And then we think, ah, the 60s were American graffiti. Those were, those were pretty good too, early 60s, Beach Boys, you know. Oh, those are the good old days. And we think about the good old days. But actually, were the good old days that good? Not really. Lots of bad things always happening. But this is the power of the Holy Spirit bringing a memory to your mind that you can wrap your arms around. And Paul's remembering all these special moments, people, and events in his life at Philippi, and he's thinking about them, and it fills his heart with joy when we start to think about the things that the Holy Spirit has brought to our mind about the good things that God has done for us. Because we have memories, don't we? By the power of the Holy Spirit, by the power of the Holy Spirit, they are brought to your memory bank And even those things that, I mean, here Paul is in prison, he's beat, and all these bad things happened to him at Philippi, but he still has fond memories of Philippi. Like, wow, why? Because the Holy Spirit is able to take some of those memories that were a little rough and, and deal with them and bring forth the good ones. 
He just has that power. The Holy Spirit uses those memories to fill us with joy. Memories of other people's kindness to me or to you. Other people's love for you. Other people's tenderness towards you. Uh, let, let me show you something that, uh, you know, uh, Tammy and I, back in 1999, planted a church, lived in paradise for seven years. Sh- can you show the next slide? Now, this was, you know, the, the whole town burnt down. This is what is left of the building, just the cross. Now, the street's here, but if you look closely, do you see this little thing right here? You know what that is? That's the baptistry. Now, do the next slide. So this is the back side. See the crossway in the front? An artist this week came to the burnt-out church and in his mind drew a picture of Jesus on the baptistry. That's not a fond memory for you. But that's a fond memory for me. Because there are many people that I baptized into Christ in that baptistry. And it fills my heart with joy to remember Ron and Colleen Botini, little Serena, Chris, Chris. I mean, the names of all those people come flooding back because the Holy Spirit is, when I saw that, it just overwhelmed me, not with sadness, but with what? Joy. I remember all those things, those people, the goodness, the kindness, the love. Were things tough? Yeah, this is a church that got broken into and they stole everything of Tammy Nye's. Not everything, but they, they stole the girls' go-karts. They stole a motorcycle. They stole... I had a tape of my ordination service that they stole. Why? Why would they do that? They stole all... So it was unhappy moments at that. But there's joy. Memories. God has given you memories that He is able to bring forth from the Holy Spirit that is about relationships. About relationships. You know what's so funny about this? And at the time, it wasn't happy. You know how many gallons that tank holds? That's a thousand gallon tank. Anytime we had a baptism, and now we're up in the mountains, so it's cold, right? Water's coming out of the ground at, I don't know, 40 degrees. Every time we had a baptism, we had to jerry rig two water tanks on the outside, feed them through the window, and we had to get there early in the morning because those, we had two tanks that were only 40 gallons. So if you were going to get baptized and not be in freezing water, we had to get up early. Get down there and turn it on, turn it off, let it heat up, turn it on, let it flow out, turn it off, let it heat up, turn it on, you know, let it, and those are, found, those are now fond memories. Isn't that funny? How at the time it was rough, but now you kind of say, yeah, I remember those good old days. Do you know you two have sweet, loving memories that the Holy Spirit brings to your heart Here's why. To remember God's goodness to you. 
It's those memories that get us through grief sometimes. When we lose a spouse or we lose a mom or a dad, it's those memories that, that get us through, those, those great memories. Because everything is good between you and Him. Everything is good between you and Him. And He gives you those wonderful memories to fill your heart. But now let's go back to the text. Look at verse 4. Verse 4 then says, Always in every prayer of mine for you, for you all, making my prayer with joy. And here's a fill in the blank. The next fill in the blank is prayer that is joyful. Every time the Holy Spirit brings you across my mind, that's what Paul's writing, every time the Holy Spirit brings you across my mind, I break out in a smile, I'm so thankful for you, but what it wants me to do is to pray for you. God bless them. Do that. See, the world says, focus on yourself. That will make you happy. But the Word says this, take the focus off yourself, and that's the path to real joy. See, love is concerned and connected to others. Even when your situation might be harder than the person that's brought to your mind, it's still a joy to ask on their behalf. It's actually empowering. You are powerless over your circumstances, but God brings somebody to your mind, and you can pray for them, and you're hooking up with God and and asking God to bless them. Because we know that the prayer of a righteous man availeth much or accomplish much. So let's see how this works. Lord brings Daisy to my mind. So what do I do? I say, Lord, thank you for Daisy. I know she's a young college student trying to make her way through this world. I just ask today would be a day where you knit her heart close to yours. Bless her today with a good day. Wow, I, and you know what? That prayer brought me joy. And I think, I see Ileana, and I, the Lord brings to my mind Ileana. She's from Juarez. She's had to transition to a no, new culture. She's learning all this stuff. And I think to myself, Lord, would you just continue to give wisdom to Ileana as she raises her boys with Ryan here? Would you bless her? Would you give her discernment? And you know, that that brings me joy that the Lord brought somebody across my mind. I think of Pat, and I think, oh, where's Pat today? He, 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 I don't know, hikes everywhere. You know every nook and cranny of, of our county. But I want you to be safe, and I want you to have your heart exercised and, and you know your limitations and so Lord bless Pat today speak to his heart through creation today that he would just lift up his hands and praise you Do you know being able to pray when the Holy Spirit brings him to my mind brought me what joy it took my mind off of my unhappy circumstances and it got me focused on thinking about other people because that's what love does love is concerned and is connected to other people other people. Okay, let's go back to the text. Verse 5. Verse 5 then says this. Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. What's the fill in the blank? What brings us joy? Partnerships. That's the next fill in the blank. Partnerships that are joyful. 
From the first day, he says, from the first day you gave your life to Jesus, we became brothers and sisters in Christ, and now we have a common goal, we have a common purpose, we have a common path, we have a common Lord. To let Jesus live in us and be reflected out to the world that others might know about this great salvation, about this great love. So I'm joyful because of this fellowship, this family this bond. And do you know the word here for partnership is the word koinonia, at least the root of koinonia? It means that partnership, that commonality, that, that fellowship. Really, you could almost say for the fellowship. And some of your translations might actually say that. I thank God for the fellowship because of, of your fellowship in the gospel. We're in this together. And that brings my heart a lot of joy. Have you ever been someplace, maybe to an event, a, a gathering, an office party, or a regular party, and you just kind of feel out of place? You're not connected to anybody there. You're kind of like, oh, I can't wait to leave this place. Why? Because there's no relationship. There's no connection going on, right? Well, my... Uh, my head's here, and, and the party's there, and, and, and it's okay. Um, you don't feel connected. But Paul is saying the exact opposite here. He's thankful for their partnership, the fellowship, the connectedness. From the moment you became believers, and that connectedness brings great joy. Do you remember the old TV show, Cheers? What was the byline of Cheers? Where everybody knows your name. Why? Because you feel connected. You feel a part of the fellowship. Do you know when we're having bad days, the Lord can bring this body, this family, Christ church to your mind and say, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful for Tamara. I'm so thankful for Mitch and Victoria. I am thankful. In fact, during this past week, we did the Hero Makers at Doniana Elementary School. That's our after-school Bible program that we are actually allowed to do in the middle of a school. And I think we're going to have like 20 kids this semester. Yeah, it grew from 11 to 20. And we get to teach about Jesus every Wednesday at a public school. Wow! Does that not fill my heart? With joy. Could I do it by myself? Oh, no. I need you. I need you guys. Who do you think is paying for the hamburgers and the hot dogs and the Bibles that we're buying? And your tithe money is helping to support the things that we're doing. See, we're in a partnership together. And I like you. So that makes it even easier, huh? You could have smiled back at that. Paul knows this connectedness, the connectedness that brings great joy. Okay, back to the text, verse 6. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Here's the next fill in the blank. Anticipation slash hope that is joyful. Some of the joy that fills your heart is the anticipation of what you know is going to happen in the future. Ask a child if they're excited about Christmas, what do they say? You betcha, right? They understand anticipation and the hope of Christmas morning. Was Paul excited about what God was doing in the Philippians' lives? You bet. 
It filled his heart with joy, confident of what God was doing in them and to them and through them. To see changed and transformed lives by the power of Christ is the most joyful thing that can be filling your heart. To see marriages restored and healed because the couple comes to Christ. To see addictions broken and people set free because of Christ, the power that used to enslave a person, bring them down, make them determine that path, and God sets them free. There's nothing but joy to know somebody's been sober for 25 years. They got a pen, and we say what? Woohoo! Right? Because the power of Christ breaking through that. That's joyful. Or to see dysfunction, and there's a lot of it. There's a lot of dysfunction in our world today. To suddenly see a healthy, a family become healthy, and then a smile breaks out across your face, because you know that, man, they're right with the Lord now. Things are good. That, that's good stuff. It fills one with joy. Knowing everything is going to be fine or great or wonderful in the future is joy. Tammy has said many times on my tombstone, I guess she's planning me to go first, so that's okay. But on my tombstone, she wants to write, everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to work out okay. You know where that comes from? That doesn't come from me. That comes from the, from the Father. It's that anticipation and hope that, look, what does the verse say? That he who began a good work in you. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Not the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord always refers to judgment. But the day of Jesus Christ always refers to salvation. Did you know that? There's a subtle difference in Scripture. day of the Lord is always about God's judgment. The day of Jesus is always about, woohoo, glory. Glory for his bride, glory for his people, glory who, for, for those the, of us that have grabbed onto him and made him Lord and Savior. And so it is exciting to think that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion the day of Christ Jesus. Can you see how joy is rooted in that deep abiding confidence in your relationship with God. Your confidence is in Him, not your circumstances. Knowing that God will complete the transformation. Oh, man, I am so thankful for that. I want you, to, if you like to underline in your Bible, underline, He who began a good work is faithful to complete it. And then to think of this one, that He who started this work will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Okay, last fill-in-the-blank. Last fill-in-the-blank. Let's go to the text. It is right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart. For you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I yearn for you with all the affection of Christ Jesus. 
Boy, Spirit brings back those memories. He brings back those partnerships. He, he brings back all these wonderful things that start to fill our heart with joy. And then he says, an affection that is joyful. That's a fill in the blank. He says, I have you in my heart. Maybe your version doesn't say it that way. This one, yeah, the ESV, it says, because I hold you in my heart. I have you in my heart. You have me in your heart. Whatever happens to me, it's like it's happening to you. That's how close we are to each other. Have you ever had a kind of friendship like that? That you're so close with the individual, and hopefully it's your spouse, that you're so close to the individual that when they hurt, you hurt. Are you with me on that? Or when they're rejoicing, you're rejoicing. That you have your heart so intertwined with theirs that, man, you feel for them, right? You feel for them. I don't know, I'm going to really date myself. There's a cartoon, animated cartoon out there called Fievel. How many of you know, remember Okay, I've got one, two, three, four, five people out of all of you that understand or have seen the movie Fievel. Fievel was an animated cartoon about a little mouse that leaves Europe and comes to America. There are no cats in America because he's a mouse. That's his favorite song. There are no cats in America. Okay. But there is a song that I remember from that movie. And this movie's 25 years old, 30 years old. It's pretty old. And little Fievel is separated from his family. And he is looking up at the moon. And he knows that his family somewhere in America is over here looking up at that same moon. And the lyric goes something like this. Uh, some, somewhere... I, I better not try to sing it. I better just... Um, let me read it if I can find it. Where is it? Oh, somewhere out there... I think Lionel Richie might have sang it or somebody like that. Somewhere out there beneath the pale moonlight, someone's thinking of me and loving me tonight. I like that song. Because there have been times like Paul or like you where I've been separated from loved ones. Have you been separated from loved ones? And two people looking at the same thing and suddenly they're, they're like linked and connected. Now, Paul is saying something much more profound and deep and real than, than the little animated mouse cartoon saying somewhere out there, he is saying that our affection, that this love that we hold in our heart, this I'm in your heart and you're in my heart, is connected by Jesus, his grace, even when Paul is in tough, tough circumstances. And this one long run-on sentence all about joy concludes about our affection for one another. That fills our hearts with joy. And that's where the source, the Holy Spirit, uses those things to, to bring forth this, this overwhelming fountain that fills us with joy. That you know that you're loved and that you love them. To know that you're loved and that you love keeps you going through the roughest time. To know that you are loved and you love gives you strength and peace and joy. So how do you, let me wrap this up, how do you open up the floodgates of joy? 
through memories that are joyful that the Holy Spirit brings to you, praying for others when they cross your mind and asking the Lord to bless them and you're connected and concerned for them, being joyful in the, in, in the commonality of being brothers and sisters, watching people be transformed is joyful and to know that you are loved and that you have the ability to love. Why? Because joy comes from God through the Word, by the Holy Spirit, when hearts are yielded to Him. And we're going to come into a time of communion right now. And I don't know, maybe you've been focusing on unhappy events in your life and you're wanting that joy and you're coming and saying, Lord, I want to I remember. Isn't that what communion is about? Do this in remembrance of me, Jesus said. Let those memories of, of your being set free of, of sin and death, let those memories of the joy that I fill your heart just permeate you as you to partake of the bread and the juice. That represents Jesus, not only as atoning sacrifice, but the life that is in the blood. It is no other name by which a man may be saved, and that is through Christ. And then you start thinking, so do you know communion can be an exuberant time of joyfulness? Did you know that? There are some people that are taught that, oh no, I have to go to communion, I have to beat myself up, and I have to do all this confessing, and if I don't, then, you know, I'm going to walk away here with a yucky heart. It's like, whoa, communion is about remembering Jesus, and when we remember and we're flooded with these memories of a baptistry, our people, or all these good things that he has poured into your life, we're overwhelmed with thankfulness, and we just want to be in his presence and say, fill me. Lord, I let go of fear. I let go of wrath, I let go of anger, I let go of disappointment, I let even go of depression and unhappy events, and I want you to fill me, Spirit, through joy. Thank you, Jesus. Let me pray. Father.